Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'd like to thank you all, listeners, for tearing yourselves away from the new Super Smash Brothers game long enough to listen to me and my words and my tunes. I am willfully holding back on playing the new Smash game, mainly because there's still people that I need to see during this holiday season, and I know that once I pop, I will not stop with that game. So my college was an art school, so playing Smash 64 stoned with my friends was pretty much the closest we ever got to intramural sports. So guys, Super Smash Brothers is very close to my heart. I wish we had a political Super Smash Brothers. How amazing would that be? you know, a randomly generated arena and you can fight as like Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell. Well, Mitch couldn't fight. He'd need like an iron lung or something that would bring him along. But can you imagine that? That would be, I would buy the shit out of that. But a little bit less about video games and a little bit more about politics. I would also like to offer a very heartfelt apology to Robert Mueller for the ill-informed scolding that I gave him a few weeks ago. On a related note, did you know that special counsel Robert Mueller is unbelievably hard to say quickly and clearly? That shit's like addiction exercise, so good job on that one, Bob. But anyway, I would like to thank Bob for his contributions to democracy, for that massive info dump that we got last week, and we have continued getting small trickles of wonderful, controversial collusion-related material pretty much every day. So CNN has now become must-watch TV yet again, unseating Monday Night Football. So well done on that one, Robert. I really appreciate it. And I can only assume that you heard me scolding you on the show, so I'm not going to take full credit for all of this, but I think that I helped. So I think I deserve a part in the movie when it comes out. Josh Hutcherson will not play me, for the record. That's my only condition. But I really am enjoying uh, the season two finale of the Trump presidency. It's contrasting much better with the relatively low stakes season one finale. Because, I mean, let's be real, a government shutdown, we've all been there before. So season one, you know, it was dynamic, it had its ups and downs, but it pales in comparison to season two. We've got sexy Russian spies in this one. Uh, Michael Cohen is playing a way bigger role in this season than was previously suggested in season one. And I've got to say the writing has been top notch. There has not been a detail introduced in last season that hasn't been elaborated on or connected in this season. So I find that the Trump presidency is very much like The Wire. So I do appreciate that. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. So I love the finale for season two, and I am unbelievably hyped for season three. I cannot wait to see what 
the next season has in store for us. I heard that James Gandolfini is signed on, and I can't wait to see what he does. I don't know why I keep digging James out of his grave just so I can punch him in his face again. I don't know what drives me to do this, listeners. I have a problem, and I can only assume that on Christmas Eve, I will be visited by the ghosts of three James Gandolfinis who are not so much going to show me the error of my ways as much as they're just going to beat the shit out of me for like 30 dream hours and then the inception sound will happen and then I'll wake up and I won't make fun of James Gandolfini anymore. I'll move on to some other dead celebrity like Paula Dean. Here's tunes.
So I realized that I've gone 16, well, 15 full episodes without making fun of Drake. And for that, I apologize, listeners. I've been asleep at the wheel, and I promise you I will make up for lost ground. I would be remiss to let 2018 go gently into the good night without bringing up arguably the worst song that I have heard recorded this year. That song is, of course, off of the latest Drake album. Earlier this year, Drake, the Nickelback, no. Drake, the Imagine Dragons, no. Drake, the Foo Fighter, no. Drake, the Humble Pie of rap. Vocoder, no. I don't even know. I'm certain. What the fuck is Drake? What even is Drake? What is a Drake? I don't even like Drake. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Degrassi-ass Canadian piece of poutine that they fucking plucked out, threw in a fucking record thing. They had Lil Wayne tutor him like Goku uh, to figure out how to rap in a flow. He fucking apes his voice. He becomes super sensitive rapper, and he's huge for a decade. A decade! How the fuck has Drake been popular for a decade? People are listening to Drake songs still. People in high school, when I was in high school, were into Drake. That's fucked up. No one should be listening to what I was listening to in high school now. That is not cool, guys. That is not fucking cool. This is me telling you kids, get off my lawn and listen to better shit. So earlier this year, Drake released his aggressively mediocre double album, Scorpion, which was unfortunately not a 90-minute long concept album, about the Mortal Kombat character Scorpion. So, hey, MF Doom, Wu-Tang Clan, any of you nerdy SoundCloud rappers, Denzel Curry, if any of y'all are listening, jump on that shit. We are dying for a hip-hop Mortal Kombat album. Please make this happen. Get over here! Uh, But Drake didn't fucking do that. He just made more, like, weird, like, jungle house sadcore music, and that's just what Drake does now. And there is a song on that album called ratchet happy birthday uh that was introduced to me by my brother who is becoming the merchant of venice of terrible songs for me and i heard this song uh, about six months ago once again in corbin versus the world fashion i will not describe this song to you i will merely play you snippets and then dunk on it so here's the intro It's your fucking birthday It's a fucking celebration Tonight we celebrate So already Drake is going in super hard on this fucking celebration. He's letting you know it's your fucking birthday. It's a fucking celebration. Right now, Drake, who knows that his street cred is nothing, has to come in super hard, wearing his party hat, shirtless, spraying his Uzis out in front of him showing that this is going to be the hardest motherfucking birthday you have ever had. We're going partying, Drake style. How does Drake party? Let's find out. 
You're so fly buttercups. Reese's, Reese's, don't be ridiculous. Just say your piece and peace up like Ibiza. So in one verse, Drake is able to rap about Ibiza, Reese's Pieces, and settling relationships. And if that is not Drake in a nutshell, then I don't know what is. It goes on like this for a little bit, but then we get to the real meaty guitar solo portion of the song. Emptiness inside you. Petty bullshit shouldn't excite you on your birthday. It's your brrrr. And in this moment, Drake finally throws his hat into the rappers making car noises with their mouths genre of rap. And I cannot contain myself enough for this. And this happens at least three more points in the song. And uh, I won't belabor the point and play it more for you guys. So the song is an absolute turd burglar, but it does bring up an even bigger, more interesting question, which is, what is the worst song of all time? Because I can sit here and I can say that Ratchet Happy Birthday is a strong, strong contender in a field, but I think that we really need to explore this because I think that there's a broad spectrum that we can really get into. So listeners, this is a chance that you can participate. Those of you who follow us on social media, Give us a shout out on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know your least favorite songs. What is going to make the worst song tournament of 2019? And yes, we are now making this a thing. Fully funded. Thank you once again, SpaceX, for the money funding us for this death tournament 2019. Here's tunes.
out, your shit is gone. Bitch. Going back to Tangier with some guns and a spear. Post Christian shit, post chicken of the egg addiction shit. Past the sharp stick, be a reality. Bit of freak you wanna see, just don't follow me. I'm on a journey to the sound three. Grab your fucking chain and drag it through the bike line. Yes. 
Welcome back, listeners, and boy, that sure was fucking noisy, wasn't it? Well, I enjoyed it, and that's what's important. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to warn you real quick. We're about to enter severe fangirling territory right now, so if you want to skip me just, like, bleeding emotion about uh, my favorite band, then just skip, like, 10 minutes, or if you're listening on NoCo, you can't skip, idiot. You're stuck like this. But the last song that you heard in that little triumvirate was the song Hacker by Death Grips, and Death Grips just found their way back into the news somehow this past week. For those of you who don't remember, way earlier this year, I think it was this year, some dude just randomly took a pickaxe. Well, not randomly, I understand why, but he took a pickaxe to uh, Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But they just did a profile on this guy in GQ because the 21st century is amazing. And he said that while he was performing this brilliant act of destruction, uh, he was listening to my favorite band, Death Grips. And now I am so glad that Death Grips, in their own way, has joined the resistance. And I would like to take this time real quick just to gush about them and how amazing I think they are. The reason why I love Death Grips is because I think that they are the perfect embodiment of what punk rock actually means in the 21st century. They blew up in 2011. They released a mixtape called X Military, which is fantastic. Of course, it's fantastic. Anything they release is fantastic, according to my metrics, so don't listen to me. But they released a uh, mixtape in 2011, X Military. It was very good. Major labels took notice. They were getting a lot of hype on the internet. They got signed by a major label. They released their major label debut, The Money Store. Haha. Ha which blew up. It ended up on a lot of critics' uh, year-end lists when it came out, and they were riding a huge wave of critical hype, you know, not exactly bordering on mainstream success, but a lot of people were taking notice. So they got a huge advance to make their third album, uh, which would go on to be called No Love Deep Web. Uh, They recorded it in the old castle that Led Zeppelin used to record in. Uh, So they gave them all of the resources possible And then two days before that album was supposed to be released on the major label, the band released it themselves and made the album cover a picture of their drummer's dick because they are the heroes that we need in the 21st century. They were quickly dropped from the label. A year later, they released a new album and then announced that they were going to be supporting Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden on tour, random, Uh, only two months later to announce to all of their fans, just kidding, we're breaking up and we're never releasing any music again. Six months later, they release more music and they've continued to release more music and go on tour and acknowledge that it never happened. It's wonderful. I love it. It's just, it's the thumbing the nose in the face of conventions, in the face of uh, music criticism, just in the way that we we perceive how artists should be treating the fans and treating the industry. Uh, I appreciate artists who can come in and flip the table over and have the conversation completely on their terms. And uh, Death Grips is a phenomenally individualistic band, and I am hopelessly devoted to them. And I am very proud to say that I've gotten one concussion at one of their shows, So good job, me. That's probably why I can't remember most of my elementary years, but that is fine. What was I talking about again? Oh, yeah, we're doing a radio show. Here's more tunes. Had a song, had a name, and it was soft as owl feathers. You sang along, you knew the changes, it was like we wrote. 
I know you feel too old But if you whisper, only I will hear you I know you feel too old But if you whisper, only I will hear you Not all adults are making love Breaking their backs out of fear I'm here with you But if you whisper, only I will hear you. back listeners we are just finishing up this episode of corbin versus the world thank you all once again for your time uh also quick public service announcement you might have noticed that i am no longer naming the songs that i play on the program uh it's mainly because i don't want to anymore so if you want to find out what those songs are you can check it out on the noco fm website also while you're on that website check out all the other fantastic shows on NOCO FM, such as Gadio, and Don't Forget the Lube, and The Spark with Stephanie James, and many, many others. Also be sure to check us out on my Instagram at Corbin vs. The World, as well as our fan pages on Facebook for NOCO FM and Corbin vs. The World. And before I 
play you these last few songs, my lovely listeners. I want to end on a positive note as we reflect how far we've come as a human race. As we reflect on the fact that we have sent the InSight probe off to Mars to go scope out new worlds and learn new things and expand the boundaries of human consciousness and existence. And so, on that note, I would like to leave you with the majestic and sparse and haunting sounds of Mars. No, no, god damn it, not that. Fuck Drake. Fuck god, it's not even worth it anymore. Fire him. Play the songs. I'm your host, Corbin David Alba. Have a great time. Appreciate ya.
This has been a production of NOCO FM.